theyeshiva.net. When you speak about the objective of creation, the Nakuda was that all of existence is a transformation may ayin liyesh from a state of ayin into a state of yesh. That's the story of creation. The first transition, may ayin liyesh, that's discussed in this Maimir is the oir going out from a state in which it was kolul b'moyer to go out of the moyer. The light wave is in the solar core and it leaves it. Now this is not doesn't seem like a uh, tremendous transformation. It's still the light, you still see the sun, it's still connected. But the truth is, as it was put well, it's the mother of all Eurydice. It's the greatest quantum leap because this is where everything ultimately changes. The position of existence going from a state of ayin to a state of yesh. Or really from a state where there's no existence, even though the potential for existence is all there. All the energy of the divine that will ultimately fill the world, from the highest to the lowest, are all there included. Potentially they're there. Yeah. What's called the koyach malchus, which is the fuel behind creation. Hashem wanted to be a melech. The koyach malchus is there. The rotzen, the rotzen for malchus, which is again the fuel of the whole world, is all there. It's called Shmoy, but it's Bilvad. It's all with inside of the inside the source. And there's no differentiation, and that's why it's called Ayin. Ayin doesn't mean it doesn't exist. Ayin means its existence is not noticeable. And it's completely comfortable in that place. It's the most powerful existence because it's one with its source. The beginning of creation is this leap. Ayin becomes yesh. What's the yesh here? The highest level of yesh. The first level of yesh is that the oir emerges. There's a divine energy that emerges as something that becomes the source of a world. The consciousness of a world. It starts with chachma. Ha-chachma me'ayin And it goes and goes and goes and goes. A whole ishtalshalus, an endless evolutionary order until you reach our physical world in which the separation the leap from ayin to yesh reaches its ultimate crescendo because here we don't even see ayin. All we see is the yesh. We feel the yesh. We feel the egocentricity of the universe, the detachment, the fragmentation, the separation. Everybody's on their own. And the sharks are all over the place. That's the status of this world. That's the yirida. The aliyah is, from this world, we start going back up with the yesh is capable of going back to meet the ayin, and that's the chiddush, the shinoyateva, the laughter, the comedy, the humor that's generated through the avoida and only through the avoida of the human being in aligning the yesh back to the ayin. From ayin to yesh, that's the natural order of creation. That's the divine act. The human act is miyesh ayin. The Rebbeinu creates me ayin liyesh, and we create miyesh la'ayin, and that's a chiddush. Because when you're going from ayin, more yesh, more yesh, more yesh, now you're just fitting into the system. The system of miyesh la'ayin, this is revolutionary. 
revolutionary also in the word of the it's 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 a different type of system. In other words, it's going backward. This is a chiddush. This is the shiniyatav. But here he made an important emphasis, and that is, what is yeshanayin? That changes. Down in this world, generally speaking, the yesh will always be called gashmius, and the ayin will be called ruchnius. Why? Because ruchnius is basically the core, the invisible core of gashmius. The deeper you'll go into anything, you'll always find ruchnius. Gashmius is the outer facade, ruchnius is the inner core. And the deeper that you'll excavate, you'll mine out reality, you'll always find ruchnius. Take a piece of food, it's a gashmi. But the deeper you go into the food, you dissect it, you will discover things that are less tangible. And so deeper and deeper until you reach the Dvar Hashem, the divine energy in it. The same is true with every physical thing. On one level, it's complete Gashmias. On a deeper level, with a microscope, you'll see much more subtle Gashmias. You'll reach the, the molecular level and the atomic level. And then deeper and deeper, you have the Ruchnias. Bitla Yeshla Ayin means... What the Lashon of the Rambam and many of the Chaykim is Hagbaras Hatsura Ala Chaymer. That in every situation, you allow the Chaymer to be led by the Tsura, not the Tsura be led by the Chaymer. Chaymer is the outer brute material. Tsura is the inner form, meaning the substance, the purpose, the functionality of it. You want Hagbaras Hatsura Ala Chaymer. Life should be meaningful and purposeful. It would be like an eating, one would be eating where you just zoil the saver for the gluttony of it. And one is, the eating has a meaning to it. There's a purpose in it. You respect the in, inner core of it. You focus on what it really is and what it's going to do to you. And the same is true with every physical thing in the world. And the same is true with in life. Not to live a life of chitzonius, of externalities, but to live a life of pnimius, of, of a much more internal life. Generally, that's the division between the outer shell and the inner core. Geshem versus Ruach. And in everything you have the two layers of that itself, there's many levels... What is Gashmis in one level, and is Gashmis a higher level, there's more subtle Gashmis, more subtle Ruchnis. But generally in this world, that's the distinction between the Yesh and the Ayah. The Ruchnis is the divine core, and the Gashmis is the outer facade, the Yesh. However, he says, in a higher world, in a higher state of reality, the Ruchnis is also Yesh. Over there, there's no Gashmis. The Ruchnis is also a Yesh. What's Pshad the Ruchnis is a Yesh? The spiritual energy is also yesh. Legabe, the ayin, as he gives an example, grass is a yesh. The mazel of the grass, the spiritual uh, guardian angel of the grass, of the blade of grass, or the mazel, the, the spiritual energy that directs the grass, the program code behind every grass or every flower, every plant, is a ruchni. But that mazel, legabe, the malachim, the ifanim, is a yesh. And the Ifanim Lagabi the Chayisa Kaidish is a Yesh. And the Chayisa Kaidish is an Ayim, but Lagabi the Srafim, it's also a Yesh. Why? Because it's the way the Ruach, the Ruchnias, descended into a state where it's more detached from its source, Lagabi the higher level, so therefore it's called a Yesh. There's ten levels of Malachim. The Rambam says in Hilchisir, there's ten levels of Malachim. The lowest is called Eifanen. Then you have Chayis HaKodesh. You have Serafim. You have Ar-Elim. There's ten Madregas of Malachim. So he says, each one, Legabe, the higher one, even though Legabe, it's, it's, it's all Ilava Alul. Ilava Alul means cause and effect, antecedent and the result of it. So one Alul 
Lagabe Yitzila, it's Allah. Lagabe it's Allah, it's Allah. Right? You come from your mother, but your mother is a child of her mother. Her mother is the source of your mother, but she is a child of her mother. And so forth. So one level, it's an Allah, it's a source, it's a spiritual source, but really it's an Allah from a higher one. And so forth. The Malachim are, are actually sourced in the previous ma- stage of the Malachim? Yeah. That makes us that makes us at a higher level or a lower level? Are we closer to the source? Or further or is the same? No, in other words, even what we in our in our world we call Ruchnius Ayin and Gashmi Yesh. But he's saying when you go to a higher plane, the Ruchnius, which in this world was called Ayin, is Ersh called Yesh also. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And this is the deeper meaning of what the Chazal said in Mesech the Shabbos. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Seven lines from the bottom, page 154, the first column. And this Chazal say, So Mishnah Mesech the Shabbos. An animal goes out on Shabbos. What parts can it carry on Shabbos and what not? So the Mishnah says, Kol Balei Hasher. Sher is a collar, a leash, a leash. Kol Balei Hasher. All the animals that go out with a sher, they go out with a leash, with a collar around their neck. Yoytzim Basher. You're allowed to take them out on Shabbos with a collar v'nim shochim basher. And to draw them with a collar. Why? Because this is considered like you go out with a jacket, you go out with a shirt, you go out with pants. Are you going out to your Shusar Rabbim? It's not called carrying. This is part of how the human being, you're allowed to walk on Shabbos, you're allowed to walk with your clothes on Shabbos. This is, so to speak, part of the clothes of the animal, if it's Bali Hashem. That's in Pshat. Well, how does it come into this Maimer? Sheir is the same letters like Shir, which of course means a song. Shira, Az Yashem so he says, Al Amri, he says it like that's the Pshat. Al Pipnimius, in other words, Al Pinister. Kol Bali Asher Yoitzin Besher. What's Pshat? There are those who are masters of music. Bali Hashir. Yoitzin. How do they go out from their status quo? Only through Shir, only through music. Shahashir Vahazimra Hupchina Simchivatainu. Singing, music represents joy, it represents pleasure. Simchantain. We come now back to Leviosan Zayatzar to Lesachik Boy. All laughter, all joy comes, laughter, comedy, humor, the pleasure that the kings used to have from all the circuses. Sometimes it was heinous, you know, the gladiators and the gladiators they would go to and all the gymnasiums, huh? The jugglers and the, the bullfights and the animal fighting and humans fighting animals. I mean, sometimes it's very cruel. But the point was, they were looking for the surprise, the unexpected. Now, some of the despots and the cruel, sadistic uh, Roman emperors, and we never had a shortage of those, you know, the more sadistic and the more gory and the more bloody, the more excited, the excitement. Gemara also discusses it in Caesarea, they would have the stadiums where people would sit and cheer, right? Should you let the slave live or not? The Gemara gives a hat to go on Shabbos because it was Pikuach Nafesh. 
because there were Jewish slaves over then, the more the crowd shares, let him live, let him live, they would let him live. But the point here is, the Hizchatshus creates the Schoik, the Simcha. The greatest Hizchatshus in the world is, in other words, the greatest source of humor is that the Yesh could go to Ayin. That the person doesn't have to take his or her ego seriously. That you don't have to take your depression so seriously. That you don't have to take your insecurity so seriously. That's the funniest thing in the world. The funniest thing in the world is, even though you're insecure, and the whole world tells you you're insecure, as somebody once said, just because I'm paranoid, it doesn't mean the whole world is not after me. <laughs> so even though you're paranoid, and you're insecure, and you have a bunch of issues, you could look at all of them in the eyes, you could stare at all of them in the eyes and say, Afal Piken. I'm not going to be defined by it. That's a Chiddush. That's the Chiddush of life. To be able not to take the Yash so seriously. To be able to look for the Ayin, the place of endless possibilities. All Yesh means rigidness. It's fixed. This is what it is. Ayin is a state of endless possibility. There's no, no fixed reality. Whenever a person challenges the fixed reality and says, let me surprise myself, let me surprise myself, you turned your yesh and you've lifted it up back to a state of ayin. That creates the greatest tzchoik, the greatest simcha and taino. That's always associated with music. So he says, this is always associated with going out of your nartik. Nartik is your uh, sheath. Your bag, the bag that contains you. The vessels, some which limit them. As it's known, this is known that all the chiyas, see, every line is a statement, the soydus of Torah Sanister. All the chiyas that comes to all creation is always comprised of two states, two dimensions, Oiris and Caleb, always. There's the light and there's the vessel. Through the shira of the angels, they leave their Caleb, their vessels, to be included with the light of the infinite one, blessed be he, literally, as the Pasuk says in Tehillim, in his space there is strength, confidence, and chedva joy. And therefore they want to go back to the source, and that's the Yoitzin Basher, they go out of their Kalim through the Shira, which represents leaving the Nartek, leaving the Kali, that is Magbilyu. In other words, going out from the state of Yesh back into a state of Ayin, and even the Ruchni, which is Yesh, goes into a state of Ayin. What's the Nakuda here? This is the power of music in life. What's the power of music? You see that music stirs people in a very profound way. The koyach of music, the koyach of singing, the koyach of negina is extremely one of the most powerful forces in the world. You see how the youth gets enamored by music. They have a music star. They become addicted to a person, right? And nothing interests them but that. There's people who could listen to the same song hundreds and thousands of times, and not only do they don't get bored, every time they get more ecstatic, it touches a very deep chord in the human soul. 
What is the Nekudah here? What is the Kayach really? Lav Davka people identify it this way. But that doesn't mean it's not there. It may not be consciously uh, registered to be able to understand what it is. The real Tachlis of life is to go from Yesh to Ayin. That's the objective of existence. Because it's the objective of existence, whenever you tune into a place where you're getting closer to the objective of existence, there's more pleasure there. Because, understand, there's a purpose to existence. The purpose to existence is basically God's pleasure in existence. When I create a company, because I have a certain pleasure in this type of company, the money it's going to make, the success it's going to have, the impact I'm going to have, whatever the pleasure is, gashmi is, ruchni is, egotistical, selfless, a combination of everything usually, the more the company is fulfilling the purpose, the more my pleasure is coming to fruition. The less it's fulfilling its purpose, the less tainuk. So therefore, the more the person in life is touching those fuses that get close to the purpose, the more tainuk there's going to be. The Balatanya writes that one of the greatest pleasures in life you see is during intimacy. The relationship between the Ish and Isha. Which is a big pella. How did that become so pleasurable? So the evolutionary evolutionary scientists will explain to you it's a trick. It's basically a trick. Uh, genes want to be propagated. <laughs> and what did your mother say when they used to think that eating bread was a good thing? I mean, today bread became the Malachamavas. But in the olden days... Your mother would tell you, eat bread, eat something real, right? What do you stop eating cucumbers? Eat bread. Bread was lechem levav enesh yisot. Today, bread mamash became the satan, the malachamashchus bechvoide ba'atzmai. The worst thing you could do for your life is eating bread. Especially if it's wheat. Don't get close to it. If it's barley, if it's meichel behema, maybe. But uh, but if it's a meichel adam, like chitas, yaharig vayaver. It's better to die but not to eat because that's going to kill you faster than dying. So Yaharik Valyava better to die right away than eat the wheat, which is going to be a slow, prolonged, torturous death, known as carbs. So I'll call upon him. How did I get into this? I forgot. Oh, when your mother... Ah, your mother wanted to tell you to eat bread. So what did she put on the bread? Today, again, it's Yaharik Valyava. She would put uh, jam, jam, right? Jam. So what did the kids do? The kids would lick up the jam, you remember? You licked up the jam and you threw out the bread. That's what you did. That, that was the derech. No, but the purpose is the bread, not the jam. So they tell you that it's basically a trick. Your genes want to propagate. Survival of the fittest. How do you do it? You've got to put some jam. So evolution created excitement. It's not real. Romance is not real. I mean, this is the common explanation of, uh, of secular uh, evolutionary psychologists and scientists. It's a scam. Nature wants to scam you. How do I get you to eat my bread? I put jelly on it, I put jam, I put peanut butter. I give you ice cream afterwards. So the whole intimacy became exciting as a natural trick, nature's trick to get people to do it. Who would do these types of things, right? So you do it in order, it's enjoyable, but really we're hoping for the, we want the bread, we want the child, we want propagation. That's one level, but it's really a very cynical a cynical, but even though it's highly, highly accepted today in university portals and uh, and classrooms and lecture auditoriums and so forth. On a deeper level, it's because wherever you get closer to the purpose of creation, you will always touch the fuse of Tainuk. 
wherever you get closer to fulfilling the purpose, you get closer to God's pleasure. And since He is the source of all pleasure, so therefore you will experience pleasure. Where is the closest a person comes to transforming yesh into ayin? It's really when a person creates a new life. When a person creates a new life, they're creating something eternal. They're also becoming godlike. You're becoming like a boyreyoylam. You're going out from a selfish person to become a giver, a mashpia. That's where you touch the purpose. And therefore the tainug over there is deeper than all the tainug. That's what the Alter writes. Which is a haflitik of art. Because very often, even in Judaism, we embraced a lot of the Christian modality where intimacy and relationships are seen as, as filthy and dirty. Some boys and girls are taught that it's like nebach, nebach, you have a husband, he's a behemoth, so you have to do certain things. And it's really a horrible thing that, that became, uh, I'm not going to get into it at the moment, but, uh, but uh, this is really contrary to, the Ramban says it's Kodesh HaKadoshim, etc. The aside of Yiddishkeit is that the relationship is a very, not only it's, it's holy, not only it's powerful, but it's divine, it's actually divine. Like everything that is divine, it can be misused. Like everything that's powerful, it can be destructive. Like everything that's sacred, it can be uh, it can be experienced not according to its true power. But when it's experienced with its true power, there's nothing greater, nothing holier. And men have to understand this, and women have to understand this, and really appreciate this. And without it, it makes a lot of churbonus uh, and problems in Ashkof and in Shalom Bayis. And in a lot of situations, it's not a Jewish. It's not a not a Jewish model. Uh, uh, asceticism and segregation, and making it as a shitte in Yiddishkeit, and forcing it upon couples is not a good thing. But let's not get too, too much off the subject here. Whenever we touch those fuses of divinity, we come closer to pleasure. Music. What is music? Kol balei hashir yoitzin b'shir. But mu- music always takes people out of Kalim. Whenever something takes you out of Kalim, you're going from a state of Yesh to a state of Ayin. And therefore, there's a tremendous Simcha there. There's a tremendous Tainug in it. What's the pleasure people feel? They hear music, they want more. They love it. They hear the symphony and they melt. That's the word. They melt. What's melting? Melting means you leave your ego. Melt means you become softer, you become loose, you surrender, you give in. You don't have to hold on. We usually walk around life like this, right? Everyone with a with a uh, with a bullet uh, bulletproof vest. Don't touch me. We sit like this and we protect ourselves, especially at a shear. You sit like this, you make sure nothing gets close here. So you sit like you're really protecting you, huh? Nobody here, nobody here sits like this. I'm talking other places. I'm not looking over there. <laughs> In a moment of music, a moment of share, you, you could surrender your ego. Why could you surrender your ego? Really, everybody wants to surrender their ego. The ego is fake. The ego is not real. The ego doesn't have mamashas. The ego is yesh. The higher you go to yourself, the more you become one with everything. The more there's ayin. When you go to the core, you're so one that you're not even noticeable. You don't have to be noticeable. You have to be noticeable when you don't really exist. The less you exist, the more you have to be noticeable. The more you exist, the less you have to be noticeable. 
The more you exist, the less you have to make an imprint. The more you exist, the more you have to make an imprint. When you tell somebody, come on, leave your mark, leave your mark, leave your mark. When you really exist, I don't have to tell you, leave your mark. You are the mark. So therefore, all song, all music, what it does is, it has a koyach to create a situation where the person is released from the keli. Everything in this world is oydas bekelem. There's no chiyus that comes into the world that's not, what is it, a klal. All the chayus is oydas and kelem. What is oyd? Oyd is the energy. What is keli? Keli is the container of the energy. You can't live without it. Take our human life. There's the soul, there's the electricity, there's the energy, and then there's the guf, there's the body. And the two have to work together. The oyd comes through the keli. If you detach the oyd from the keli, you don't have life. The same is true with everything. Take music even. You have the musical notes of the kelem. The music itself is the oyr. If you want a concert and you want people to play but there's no musical notes, it's not going to work. They need the kalim. When you read a book, the letters, the words, the sentences, the paragraphs, those are the kalim. The message that's contained are the oyrus. When you're trying to communicate, the words you use are the kalim. The ideas are the oyrus. If you don't have words, if somebody's going to say, I don't know how to tell it to you, you have the oyr, you don't have the kalim. Sometimes you have kalim without oyr, you have a, you have a vision of something, you have a vision of a business, of a company, of an organization, that's the earth. The kalim is, you need money, you need secretaries, you need investors, you overhead, you need an office, you need space. And that's where often the headaches become. Oiris are always beautiful, because they're ideas. Kalim is, get it done. Come on, give me the container. How are you going to get this done? You have money for it? Oh, I didn't think about money. Oh, really? Well, you need $4 million. Where are you going to get that? Oh, so now sometimes for the next 20 years, you're busy with Kalim and you forget about the Oiris. Sometimes people have dreams, dreams galore. But in order to get the dreams done, you're calling people 18 hours a day. Most of them are telling you no and that you're crazy. At some point, you're so exhausted because you left the world of Oiris, you entered into the world of Kalim. But without Kalim, you don't have Oiris. The marriage between Oiris and Kalim is the most problematic marriage in this world. The word Shalom by between Oiris and Kalim. Oiris is the artist and Kalim is the businessman. You know what I mean? And the artist always is busy with self-expression and the businessman says, listen, this is not going to sell. If you don't redo it, it's not going to sell. He says, how can I redo it? I don't care. Change it. But it's not me. Tough luck. I don't care about you. I care about money. It's a whole different experience. Oiris is the pure energy and Kalim is containing it, facilitating it, implementing it. Yes, artists have a problem. Yeah, a lot of artists died broke with their paintings in their basement, and then 200 years later, their paintings are selling for $16 million. They couldn't pay for their own matzeva, that's how broke they were. Yeah, take Van Gogh, the Composers, musical artists, they were unbelievably, unbelievable talents, but they weren't ready to conform. The world of Kalim is the world of conformity. That's what a Kali means here. A Kali means there's a certain size, there's a certain shape. You want to come into a Kali, this is how you have to be. You don't want to be this size and shape, find somewhere else. An agent. Agent is a clean. Yeah, and agents drive their people crazy. They drive the, their artists, their, the creators crazy. That's what agents do. It's writers and editors. I grew up in the home of a journalist. I used to see this all the time. The editor knows he has a thousand words for the article. He doesn't have more space, right? The writer decided he has an idea. It's 4,000 words. The editor says he got to cut out 3,000 words. He says, no way, this is brilliant. 
This is more brilliant than Einstein's theory of relativity. The editor knows he has to fill up the page. He can't print another few pages because money or whatever, readership. Do you know what happens here? They say in Yiddish, a schreiber starb nicht von Herzfällerin, er starb von Druckfällerin. The writer doesn't die from heart failure. He, he dies, I don't know how to translate this, from, uh, misprint. From, from misprint, from print failure. It doesn't work in English. But from print, he sees a mistake in the article of Etmer Sugar. They cut off a paragraph and he's, uh, he's ready to die. It's a world of... Uh, everything is a marriage of Otis and Caleb. Always. Within yourself and within other people. And your Caleb may be different for other people. And the same is true with a husband and a wife. Sometimes one is more Oi, one is more Caleb, yeah? One is very practical and one is more uh, aloof, visionary, right? The guy comes home and he tells his wife about his dreams and she says, eh, just get a good night's sleep, do me a favor. Or the other way around, right? Shlov you know, you're having a bad day. You didn't take your pills yet, etc. So there's always a marriage between Oedis and Caleb. Shira, Shira, Nigina, Zimra, is Yoitzin. It takes you out of the Kali. Kol Bali Ashir, Yoitzin Bashir. Through music, they go out of their Kali. There's always an Akuda in Shira where you feel that the Kalim are not so powerful. There's a sense of sweetness, of melting away because the Oiris gets liberated from the Kali. Or in the Lashon of this Maimer, the Yesh comes closer to its Ayin. Because the more Kali, the more Yesh. The more er, the more ayin, and in every level, there's a different level of keli. What in this world, what in this world is keli, in the lower world becomes er. In the lower world, it becomes er again. What is in one world ayin, in a higher world, is yesh, because the ayin there is deeper. So there's music in every world. There's music. Everybody's always singing. You have Perik Shira. Everybody sings. If you wake up early enough, if you wake up these days three thirty before Allah Yisrochar. You'll hear, not only the roosters sing, all the birds have a concert. The concert is over at 5.30, it's over, you missed it. The coyotes sing, and the birds say, What are they doing? So the Chazal say, everyone has a shir, they, 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 they all do vasikah, they daven before vasikah. It's all shir, every world is shir, there's music for animals, there's music for birds, there's music for insects, there's music for humans, there's music for angels, and there's music for souls. And in every mibchin, it's called Bali Ashir Yoitzin Bashir. They go out through Shir. There's a Maisa, the Balatanya once came to a city called Shklov. Shklov is a city in Lita, in Lithuania. It was a very, very prominent city, full of Talmidic Chachamim. And he came from Lita, from Lithuania, which is why the Magids Talmidim used to call him the Litvak. Officially, among Hasidim, the Lubavitchers, the Chabadniks, they were the Litvaks. They were the Litvaks. The Alterba was called the Litvak, the Lithuanian, not only because he came from there, because his style was that style, his rigorous analytics and lumbus, and, and it was not, so to speak, the Polish style. It was very, very analytical, extremely cerebral. And you could see it in the Shulchan Aruch, you could see it even in his Chesidus. Uh, the Magid of Mizrich once was explaining something, and somebody asked, why do you have to explain it so much? He said, well, the Litvak... He turned to Alter, he says, Well, the Litvak says, He doesn't believe anything till he counts. <laughs> so he has to explain it. So, uh, so, uh, so, so the Balatanya, therefore, he was in that, he was very well familiar with that area he came from there. And Lyajna is near the Litta. 
That's where he came from. He was born there. And it's Belarus, Lithuania, on the border of each other. Depends who won the war. Every Monday and Thursday, somebody else won the war over there. Went from Lithuania to Russia to White Russia to Belarus and so forth. Depends on Putin's moods or the Tsar's moods. So in any case, so he came to a city of Shklov. Now Shklov was, these were the fortresses of the world of Lomdes, of Tere, the literature world in those days. It was filled with Tamid Chacham. And there was also tremendous opposition to the world of, 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 of Chassidus, which came from the Vilna Gon and Vilna. But all his followers, all his disciples, and all the people there was tremendous opposition. So the Balatanya once came to Shklov, and uh, they asked him to give, uh, so he came to the Shul, they knew who he was already. They started to attack him with questions, 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 questions. There was a Yidir, one of the biggest Goyenim of Shklov, he was known as Reb Yosef Kolboy. Kolboy means Kolboy, he's everything in him. He was like a Gone He was well known, a big Gone in Shklov, Reb Yosef Kolboy. So he told the story. Reb Yosef Kolboy said that everyone attacked him with kashas. Just attack, attack, attack to show, you know, that he's ignorant, doesn't know. Hundreds and hundreds of questions. It was almost impossible to juggle. He comes in, this one is screaming, this one is screaming. All types of questions in all parts of Torah, especially in Halachin, and Sugis, and Shas, and Poiski, Rishayna, Machrein. So uh, the Balatanya asked if he could go up to the Bima and say a few words. He said, yeah. So he went up to the Bima, and instead of speaking, he started to sing a nigger. Now he had, he was an unbelievable, brilliant composer. Balatanya was a brilliant composer. I mean, you hear his nigunim. Ovidu Malkeinu, Kol Doidi Doifek, the Dalit Babas, everybody knows. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, these Nigunim have uh, tremendous, tremendous depth. He was an unbelievable composer and an unbelievable Balmanagan. And uh, it was interesting how many Chushim he had. Usually a person who has a tremendous Chushim Halacha doesn't always have a Chushim Nigin. It's very different personalities. People have a Chushim Halacha very technical. They have to be. They're technocrats. They're brilliant in it. You know what I mean? They love shiurim, they go crazy, they love shiurim and diktukim, they, they get excited from it. Negin is not their field, it's a whole different field. Yeah, People have a chush in Kabbalah, they usually don't have such a chush in Toysavus. Different, huh? Oydis and Kalim, yeah. It was unbelievable how many chushim he had and he brought them together. Was that, that itself was an incredible phenomenon. So his chush on Negin was known, it was legendary. This chush in composing and in singing. So he got up at the bimah and he sang his Negin. Alter Rebbe, the famous niggin of the Alter Rebbe, he sang the niggin there. And uh, Rabbi Yosef Kolbe said in the beginning there was a lot of resistance. Yeah? You go into a yeshiva with hundreds of young light, you get to the bimah, Zogar, Rabbi Shimon Shkop, Rabbi Cheshmuel, Rabbi Kivega, Rabbi Chaim, Zosayna Maram Shif, Rambam, Ashagasariya, Nesivis. What is this, a kumzitz? This is good in Pomoni, I'll make a kumzitz. But uh, it's not a common, this is real stuff. But there was a lot of resistance in the beginning. Yosef Kalba said, but as people were listening to the Nigan, they melted. And Yosef Kalba said that you should know that when he finished the Nigan, all the questions that people had were answered, including my questions. Why? They asked the Balatanya why, what happened. So before he started the Nigan, he said, Kal Bale Asher. In, in short, kol balei asher yoytzim b'shir v'nimshachem b'shir. Malachim and neshamas are called balei asher because all their life is music. They always sing. Yoytzim b'shir, whenever they want to go out from their present keli, they need music. 
Music are the wings of the soul. Just like the feet allow the body to transport itself, a boat or a car or a helicopter or an airplane allows the goof to go from one place to another place. What allows the neshama to go from one place to another place? A nigid. You want to go out from where you are and relocate? You need shir. And whenever they want to be mamshech, they want to draw down energy, that's the continuation of the mission. He doesn't mention is also b'shir. So he says, And that's when he started to sing the nigan. Rabbi Yosef Kalbay said their minds opened and their questions were answered. Why? So the Alter Rebbe explained every question comes from the fact that the keli is eclipsing the oir. Through music, you go out of your keli. The moment you go out of your keli, what was a question is not a question anymore. Because a question is always from the fact that there's a concealment of energy. The more you open up to the energy, the question goes away. The Baal Shem Tov once said, for every question, I'll give you an answer. For every answer, I'll give you a question. What's pshat? Because what is in one level, oir, in a higher level is keli. So for every answer, for every question, I'll give you an answer. We'll go out. We'll get an answer. But for every answer, I'll give you yet another question. Because that, what he says here, what is ayin in this pchina, is yesh in another pchina. So it has a kasha. And then you need the ayin over there, which becomes yesh legabi another pchina. So it goes... Esav and Mazel and Eifanim and Chayis HaKodesh and Serafim and so forth. Rabbi Yosef Kolbe then became a huge, huge Talmud of the Balatanya after the story. And so this is the Nekud of all shir, all music. This is what it does to a person. That's why it has such a Kayach on people. You have musical celebrities, they have such a spell. Now it's not always productive, <laughs> it's not always, it, but it takes people out of their Caleb. What what does it do with it? You see, uh, what I, we have, I don't know how many of you ever saw what people look like at a rock concert, or some of these concerts. There's a level of ecstasy, and that's even before they start taking the various substances, the Samamani Haktoidus, more than 11. But what happens there is, it's not only that, the music itself, it has a tremendous Koyach. What is it? It's the Koyach of Yitzhiyam and Akelam. But the Nekuda of it, in Kedusha is, the Yesh comes closer to the Ayin. Whenever the Yesh comes closer to the Ayin, Whenever the parameters melt away, you go to a place of oiz v'chedva b'mkoimai. In his space, meaning in the space of Ein Sov, there's always chedva. Why is there always chedva? Because there's no kalim that are magbalit. And that's why there's a lashon, Ein Simche Kataras Hasveikas. It's a lashon, there's no joy like when doubts get resolved. All doubts is a helim on the oir. It conceals the oir. All friction. You have sometimes a situation of people... Uh, who are in a relationship with a lot of friction. Just a lot of friction. What friction mean? means? There's walls. The kalim are too big. I'm in a keli and you're in a keli and we don't connect. So imagine you have ish v'isha zachu, shechina Loi zachu, what happens? So then he's in his wall, she's in her wall, and they talk to each other through walls. It's very uncomfortable. It's extremely uncomfortable. It's very tense. Everything is always protective. It's always defensive. You know, people are always defensive. Everything is defensive. There's no, there's no flow. There's no nevia. All shira is there's a nevia. There's a flow. That's why when you come home at night, the best way to do it is come home singing. You don't open the door and say, Good evening. Then you're going to get a Kabbalah's Panam as I relate. The best is, you come in, 
Good evening. How are you? Everything with a musical. Create a musical. You come in because Negina, yeah? People go out of their kalim. You'll see there won't be resistance. Try it out. Reb Nachman once said, Reb Nachman of Breslov once said, that the difference between speaking and singing is as follows. When somebody gives a speech, if I am talking and in the middle of I'm talking, you're also talking. Which is the minig by Yidin. So then there is a word for it. The word for it is interruption. The person is interrupting. What happens if I'm singing and in the middle of my singing you start singing? It's called harmony. So he said the objective of life is to stop talking and start singing. People who talk, everybody is interrupting them. People who sing, everybody is harmonizing with them. So when you come home and you talk and your wife answers, she's interrupting you. But if you're singing, then she's harmonizing with you. But here's the Chiddush. There are people, I would say, that even when they talk, they sing. And there are people that even when they sing, they also talk. But in talking, there's interruption. Why is there interruption? Because speaking is a world of Caleb. That's why in speaking there's languages. If I'm speaking in Russian... You don't understand Russian, you don't understand. If I speak Hebrew, Yiddish, English, you don't know English, you don't understand. You don't know Yiddish, you don't understand. What happens if I sing? You could be a Chinaman, you could be a Frenchman, you could be an Italian, you could be a Russian, you could be an Englishman, even an Englishman, you'll understand. Why? Music is a universal language. Because in music you go out of Kalim. The moment you go to the world of Oiris, everybody understands. Kalim are divisive. That's what they have to be. Kalim are, I have my Kalim, you have your Kalim. I understand English. Words have to come into Oisius, and Oisius need a language. And we learned many times. The world of music is not a world of language. Everybody can understand. It's a universal language. In other words, it's a language beyond Kalim. Hence, you're not interrupting me. Because Negin is Megala on the Kud of harmony, not on the Kud of interruption. Words, I'm speaking, you can't speak. There's a time to speak, there's a time to sing, of course. But that's the word, that the purpose of life is to stop speaking and to start singing. Kol bale hashir, yoitzen b'shir. All yitziyah. Yitziyah v'zimri simcha antayinog. It's always going out of the kalim which are magbilyu. That's what shir is. And in every level there's shira. That's why malachim are always singing, the shamas are always singing. Because the purpose of life is to go from yesh to ayin in every situation. Where every situation we go from Yeshan. That touches the pleasure of existence, because that's the purpose of existence. That's why music has such pleasure. Because in music, in singing, you touch the fuse that is Negea to the purpose of existence. And whenever you touch purpose, you touch pleasure, you touch Tainug. And that's why there's such Tainug and Simcha in Shira and Zimra. Because in the Yitziah from Kalim, you're touching the purpose, yeah? When you learn with a nigan, it's a different type of learning. It brings out a nekud of bligvul in the gvul. Learning by definition is kalim. Because you have to understand everything. Right? Especially Teresh Trying to understand and get it. But the nigan gives it a certain touch that liberates it. You know, the Kuzri says why Jews shake during davening and learning. Why do they shake? It's a, it's a fascinating phenomenon. You never go into a library and see people like this, Right? or university hall, the professor is sitting and everyone is like this. You don't do that. You read a book for character. You sit like this. Yeah, 
you go, people learn their shake. So it says in Zoya, the Kuzari brings it, Yudah Levi brings it, because Neir Hashem Nishmas Adam. Yeah? And during learning and davening, the Neshama is alive, and a Neir can't be in one place. A flame always flickers, it sways, it dances, it's always shaking. You can't tell the flame, come on, calm down, just stay in one place. If it stays in one place, it's dead. Right? That's the Neir, that's the shaking. The singing also is that Nekud of Yitzhiya Mehakelem. What? There's different types of nigunim. There's nigunim that convey ruchnius. There's nigunim that convey dirt. There's still nigunim, but they can. They still some. They convey filth. You see it clearly. So, there are songs that make people holier. There are songs that make people more wild and brute. Different types of songs. That's why they need the drugs, right? This class is brought to you by the yeshiva.net. Please help us continue the classes. Make even a small contribution at www.theyeshiva.net slash donate.